Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. According to a recent study, it was found that men desire smart, strong, successful women, while 86% said that they were in search of a woman who was confident and self-assured. Okay, I can hear you saying right now, oh my God, Kim, that is so not true. That is not my experience. Okay, so why is it that smart, independent women struggle in bad relationships, or fly solo for extended periods of time, despite their best efforts to land a good guy. I mean, if 87% of men are actively looking to couple with what I'm going to call the triple S factor, and no, I don't mean the S factor as in, as in pole dancing, although maybe that is something the triple S should do. I mean, smart, strong, and successful women. Why are they still single? I work with a lot of women who fit this profile and struggle with this, and they, they know exactly how to get what they want at work, but they find it really frustrating that the strategies they normally use in business and their personal life doesn't work to attract a man. And in some sense, and this is what I really find, they are trying to achieve a partner rather than attract one. The truth is that it has nothing to do with what you're achieving or accomplishing. A guy doesn't fall in love with you because of how much money you make, that you're the CEO of a company, that you've gone to Ivy League schools, that you can speak five languages. Yes, of course, he might be impressed and respect those things, and he should. Those are amazing accomplishments. But he falls in love with you because of how he feels when he's with you and who you are as a person. But here's the thing. And as a therapist, I really think that this is the core issue. Sometimes, even knowing who you are outside of work, your work identity, your success identity is the problem. I recently worked with a woman who was running her love life like a business to this point. And I don't mean that in the sense of her treating dating like a business, like really going after it. I mean, she was going after dating where she expected a return on investment. <laughs> she was a financial advisor and she would help people invest millions of dollars. And on top of it, she came from an aristocratic family. She was a widow and she had a lot of fears of getting back out there to find love again. And here's the thing. She had a beautiful relationship with her belated husband and she realized afterwards that she wanted something different this time around. She admitted that she didn't really express herself much. She was so busy taking care of the household, running her big estate and her business that she never really stopped to think about her. And when I first met her, she would, leave, she would lead conversations with her accomplishments, with her schooling, with her big job, what she studied. And I stopped her and I said, I have a question for you. What do you love about yourself outside of your accomplishments? And she just kind of fell silent. She's like, I don't know what you mean. I said, I mean, who are you? Like as a person, your personality, what you offer in a relationship. 
And it really stumped her because, you know, her whole life, she was basing it on who she was and what she did for a living. And honestly, that's how she gained love, even as a little girl. So we really had to work on who she was outside of that work identity, how to receive, how to own her femininity, how to emote. So of course, you know me by now, we went shopping first to really get her sexy confidence because she was dressing great, but she didn't have anything that was sexy. Um, We did some flirt sessions, of course, and then we did some ongoing coaching around the self-love and worth outside her business. And of course, putting her dating regimen that consisted of dating sites, flirt outings, and social events. And I saw her confidence really grow, and she started leading with more fun and charisma. And of course, bam, she attracts this wonderful man who she is now traveling the world with. But this is the thing that almost like put tears in my eyes. She said, you know, for the first time, I feel like this guy really loves me. And she realized that it was just enough being her. So with me on the line today is someone very special to me, both personally and professionally. And he specializes in helping smart, strong, successful women understand and connect with men. So he's billed as the personal trainer for smart, strong, successful women. I love that. And he's a dating coach and he's been helping single since 2003. He's been at it a long time. He's really smart. He's an author of four books and most recently Believe in Love and has been featured in hundreds of media outlets, including the Today Show, New York Times, CNN. In the past three years, His blog got over 24 million readers and thousands of women has graduated his program from Love You. He is happily married and lives in Los Angeles with his wife and two children. And most importantly, he's my friend. And we've worked on a lot of clients together. Evan Mark Katz, hello. Hey, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you. Oh my God, of course. I couldn't wait to have you on. And like you and I have been working a lot together because your program's so awesome. You have like an amazing group of women. And then of course I take them shopping and flirting and it's like the assembly line (laughs) that we've been doing. I would say we are, uh, we have complementary skill sets. Yes, we do. Well, you know, I mean, I know you as a friend and a dating coach, but I don't remember, and I know my audience doesn't really know your backstory because you didn't always do this. So like, tell, tell us how you got into this. Um, I'm a writer um, by, by trade. I uh, came out to Hollywood when I was 24 and uh, did a lot, you know, agents and managers and studios and networks and um, Project Greenlight with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I did all these really neat things except for making a living as a writer. <laughs> kind of the, right. final, the final hurdle I could not, could not climb. So when I turned 30 and I was at UCLA Film School, uh, I was going there to get a degree so I could teach, but I needed to pay the bills while I was in film school. And I was temping in a place in Beverly Hills and in the place where the temp job was, was a online dating company called JDate. And I walked in there and I gave him my card. I said, hey, if you have anything, um, I need work. Uh, This temping thing is not working out. And I got a job as a customer service representative. It was uh, December of 2001. I don't think I knew this story. Oh, my gosh. And after like a, you know, a pretty short period of time, uh, I realized that I knew more about online dating than anybody at the company. (laughs) And so um, 
I wrote a book called I Can't Believe I'm Buying This Book, A Common Sense Guide to Successful Internet Dating. Uh, <laughs> and I dropped out of film school when the book went big. And I became a dating coach, just sort of hung out my shingle because people, people, you know, would I would write people's online dating profiles. My, my first company is called East Cyrano. Mm. writing people's online dating profiles and you write their profile and they say, Oh my God, this is great. I'm getting all this attention. What do I do now? What do you do now? You flirt. I don't know how to flirt. <laughs> okay, well, let's get in there. And so I started to sell coaching sessions and, you know, uh, process of reinvention and learning on the job. I went from online dating profile writing to online dating coaching to dating coaching to relationship coaching and realized at a certain point that 80% of the people who were reading me um, were a certain kind of woman, what we are now calling smart, strong, successful women who have everything but the guy. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I cut men off my list and decided to focus on the, the, the people who needed the, the, the most support, more willing to ask for the most support. And all these years later, I've got a, you know, a, a you know, massive blog and podcast and newsletter and um, a, a course called Love You that teaches women everything they need to know about dating relationships, sex, and men in six months. Which is amazing, by the way. And your women get get just amazing results too. So, I mean, I know firsthand. But okay, so on a personal note though, you, you found a smart, strong, successful woman, didn't you? Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what? Um, you know, I cannot tell a lie. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my, my, uh, my core, my core trait is honesty, even though it's yes. not, not always a pretty trait. Um, my wife is not like my clients. Uh, my wife is, uh, my favorite person on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. we're celebrating our 11th anniversary, uh, her, her, her 50th birthday, uh, both coming up in November. Um, Yay. but my wife isn't uh, like my clients. My clients are who I used to date. Oh, you did? Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's the origin story. Um, uh -huh. Is I realized I'm just like the women I'm coaching. Um, right. <laughs> and I had to pivot in order to find a relationship that works. And with the, you know, the sort of the not surprising up, upshot of my, my work in Love You is most women don't have to change too much. Right? We've mm. talked about how much one has to change. It's not really about changing too much. 90% of it is changing your choice of men. 10% of it is changing, sanding off your rough edges, right? With the mm -hmm. stuff that we're going to talk about, that's 10%. 90% is choosing the right kind of guy. And that's really where most of my work lies, is helping women not stop being who they are, um, but rather uh, shift into finding someone who's a good, a good fit for your life, a good complement for your life, which is exactly what I did with my wife. Uh, but I'm most attracted to historically women who are the female version of me. Mm. Right? And most women are attracted to the male version of themselves. Just, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cliche. He's, he's just like me, but he's but. taller and he's smarter and he's funnier and he's richer and he doesn't have any of my flaws. Right. So <laughs> you want to date yourself with a dick. Got yeah, it. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Right, right. So that, that's that's a big piece of what we try to 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 work on in our time together is how to, how to choose a, a a guy who can endure for forty years, not just someone who seems appealing on a dating profile. Or, sorry, my phone is ringing and I can't do anything about it. Oh, that's okay. Um, so that's interesting. How did you? And then maybe this kind of leads into you know what you teach. But how did you move from being attracted to? 
those women, I'll just say that to someone more like your wife, like what was the difference for you? I have a, a belief. Um, and again, it's sort of the end point of, of love you and not, not to give away the punchline. Yeah. And for, we've probably talked about this privately. Good relationships are easy. Good relationships are easy. Everybody who tells you relationships take work. That's how they're justifying their shitty relationship. Mm, yeah. <laughs> good, good relationships are fundamentally yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. And um, if most people look back on their lives, they wouldn't find too much ease. And so if you consider, I went out with no joke. I mean, it's part of the origin story. I went out with 300 people, right? From 25 to 35 before I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of experience, right? Uh, banging my head against the wall and, and wondering why I kept on believing. And it occurred to me that in giving advice to other people, and that's what we're coaching saved my life. I was coaching for five years before I got married. Um, it occurred to me that that um, I was not following the same advice I was offering to other people, and uh, I'm, I'm not very good at, at hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I shifted. I tried something else on for size, and I was surprised to find out that it fit surprisingly well. I had a girlfriend who was uh, in 2006. Her name was. Trisha, she's lovely. I have nothing but good things to say about her. And she's, she was funny and she's sweet and she's family oriented and, and, and silly and, and just good to the core, um, supportive. I, I mean, I could not go on. The problem with Trisha was that she was 25 and I was 35 and I needed a woman. And not like, uh-huh, right. I, I was ready to get married. And she was like on her first job and right, we're just in different places. But I tried something different and I was like, this is really great. I can't believe I, I, you know, and she was like a, again, she had a dead end job. She was an actress, right? You know, I'm used to dating, you know, lawyers or executives. And, but it's not about the job. It's about, it was about the person, the person and I were great. And I couldn't deny that we were great. So when I, when I met the woman who became my wife, also was a little confused because it wasn't my type. It wasn't what I was used to. It wasn't my intense 10 plus plus chemistry, but it was so good. I was like, why would I screw, why would I screw this up? I, I'm, mm-hmm. the, I'm the only guy who, who traded a 25 year old woman for a 38 year old woman. Um, but it was the best decision I ever made. I mean, it was, I mean, I, I, do believe that I have the best marriage of anybody that I know and which, which I do feel gives me authority to talk about what a healthy, happy marriage looks like. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I think people kind of get stuck in attraction, uh, which is not to say that I'm not attracted to my wife. People, people tend to think in binaries and it's not binary. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I'm most attracted to. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. The, the problem is every person you've been most attracted to turned out to be a narcissistic douchebag. So maybe relying on traction as the major arbiter is not the best metric. And I think that that's hard um, because attraction is the thing that comes naturally. It's the, the thing that, that turns off our, our ability to think critically. Everybody stays in a bad relationship with someone out of attraction, what we call being in love, which mm-hmm. is really just lust and attraction. Mm-hmm. And relationships, 40-year relationships are about what works. It's not about what looks good for the outside. It's not, it, it's not about showing off to your friends. Mm-hmm. It's can we tolerate each other and get along and make a hundred million decisions together for 40 years and not kill each other? 
Right. <laughs> well, no, completely I, I, different than whether you like totally his Tinder different. profile. Yeah. And I really like, you know, just to kind of go back to the beginning and how you, you know, broke. Yeah. I'm sorry. Patterns. I kind of went off on a tangent. No, it, because I think this is so true and and how I actually define confidence, you know, it, it's about experience and the fact that you dated a lot, really what you were doing is kind of dating yourself. Right. And you're getting to know yourself with these different women. I, I use the metaphor all the time. It's like going shopping, right? Like you're trying on things for size and see how it fits and feels. And sometimes things that have low hanger appeal actually looks really good on. In fact, it fits. <laughs> so, you know, I think that was good that you had that journey. And I love what you said about it wasn't about the job. It was about the person. And I think this is exactly what we're talking about because I think so many, you know, smart, strong, successful women think that it's, you know, it's about the accomplishment. It's about the men. They, they have all these theories, right, going on. And I thought it would be really fun to kind of list out some theories that I've heard. And I'm sure you have some too that I hear these women talk about all the time. And like they're, you know, kind of like why they're still single or, you know, maybe what they're hypothesizing. And then we can go through them. And as a man and as somebody who actually coaches these women day in and day out, I thought you could like give your point of view. Sure thing. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is the, this is something I hear all the time. I don't know about you, but I hear women say that men prefer women who dumb down. It's like, oh, well, he thinks I'm too smart and I'm, I, I don't want to dumb down for a man. Sure. So what do you think of that? Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, first of all, uh, I think it's important to validate. I mean, like, this is the tricky part is, is right. people really like either or black and white answers. And when I in, know. Fact, in, in fact, they're usually both and. So let's reframe this, this whole thing that we're going to do and say, there is some measure of truth. There are men who are intimidated by you. There are. Don't go out with those men. We're not talking about those men. Right? That, <laughs> like, it's important to acknowledge it's not just in their head. Right? It's a piece of it. So are there men who are intimidated by your success and your wealth and your beauty? And, mm -hmm. Sure. Right? But we're not talking about them. We're right. talking about guys who are not. Right? Why would they choose someone else? And I. You can go to evanmarkatz.com and go to Google Evan Marquette's uh, Why Men Don't Like Smart, Strong, Successful Women, which again, they're my clients. So I mean, if I'm saying that, it obviously has to, uh, I'm not throwing them under the bus. It's basically because um, you acknowledge it at the top of uh, our, our, our podcast. Mm -hmm. You're not simply being evaluated on what you bring to the table, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's fundamentally about how someone feels around you. And that's usually where things go awry. What, what men and women value are not the same. And sometimes we think that they are. Yes. That's what I find too. Yep. hundred percent agree with you. So please continue. I, yes. want to hear, I, want to, I want you to bounce, bounce it back to me. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I feel the same way. And another aspect of this is that I think there's a misinterpretation of intelligence that women have sometimes in that it's not about dumbing down, but it's about the ability to receive. And I find that a lot of women who've been strong and independent, actually also for a longer period of time, they forget how to actually receive because they've been going, 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 doing, doing, doing. That's right. Right. And so it's like, 
well, what does that look like? You know, how can you communicate? How can you show up energetically in a way where you're not running the date like it's a business meeting that you're not planning everything, you know, or, or, and, or, right. or he doesn't have to give his balls away to be with you. And uh, I, think that's, yeah. I think that's one of the other things is, you know, we, we could sort of parse terms, but if you have two people who are highly intelligent and opinionated, it only stands to reason there's going to be some measure of friction, mm -hmm. right? which does not mean that one has to be dumb to be with a smart guy or anything like that. I would think of it, more in neutral terms, um, you know, easygoing versus difficult. I, I'm, I'm a difficult yes, person. Yes, yes. Right? So if I'm, if I'm a difficult person, right. can't be with another difficult person. It doesn't mean that I'm intimidated by her. It doesn't mean I don't like her. It mm -hmm. just means that, you know, sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many people who feel strongly. And then everything becomes a grinding debate uh, where there's something to be said for a man or a woman who is a yes person, who's fundamentally agreeable, Right. Sure. Yes. Fun. Go along for the ride. That doesn't mean being stupid. I think there's a certain wisdom and power in letting go of some small details and kind of going along for the ride with the big picture, especially if you're with someone that you like and trust. But for people who have control issues, no one wants to admit that they do, but most of us do. Right. Letting go of control is not preferable. And so, you know, I wrote about this in my book, Why He Disappeared. Um, you want a guy who's smarter, stronger, more opinionated, more successful. And then he isn't allowed to be himself. He has to turn off all the things that make him him. He has to, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're saying, well, I have to dumb myself down. And he's like, well, I have to give away my balls. I'm not allowed to make any decisions because you always veto them. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so men and women both face <laughs> right. a certain dilemma where you have to, and, and I have, even in my own marriage, um, you know, if we talk about masculine, feminine energy, which again mm -hmm. is a, yep. for some people a loaded term, but I think it's an easy way of put, putting um, doing versus receiving. Mm -hmm. In my relationship, in, in my single life, I was probably 70% you know, masculine, um, fundamentally a sensitive person, but very ambitious, opinionated, do, 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 me, me, me. Mm -hmm. um, and to be a good husband, uh, to being aware of being a good husband through coaching women and you know, practicing in a way that most guys don't get a chance to practice being a good husband. I've had to turn, turn a lot of that stuff off and kind of meet my wife halfway. And um, because she runs the house. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're talking about and all these examples that you just gave, it's really about like the flexibility, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, that's what the word kind of comes to mind is it's again, not dumbing down or, you know, giving in or just catering to him. It's just, it's, it's about that flexibility where, you know, you're not so rigid or like you said, controlling in the A situation. set of rules about how everything should go on your terms and everybody else who disagrees with you is wrong. Right. Right. Where <laughs> right. It, becomes, exactly. it becomes, it, you know, it, it's, um, it's a bit hyperbolic, but that does happen. And then suddenly, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're keeping score and the relationship no longer feels good. So that's why, um, a certain amount of success in real life doesn't necessarily correlate to relationship success just because you did go to Harvard and just because you do own a, a, a second home in Tahoe um, doesn't have anything to do with whether you're going to be a good relationship partner. Um, intelligence isn't really a thing. There's a, there's a certain social and emotional intelligence. And that's the thing when you ask, you know, yes. when you said, is your wife smart, strong, successful? My, sir, my wife is super smart. She corrects my grammar. She, teach me, she teaches me about Shakespeare. Yeah. Between the two of us, I'm the more traditionally, you know, 
educated, book smart, you know, more of a reader. Right? But Mars not stupid. She's, right. She's she's just not, you know, she's, you know, if we're talking about intelligence, and again, it's always gauche to talk about this kind of stuff, but I've dated more intelligent women. I've never met someone who's more socially intelligent than my wife ever. That's a really good point. You know, when I sit down and I, I do this like chemistry analysis with my clients and one of the chemistries I feel is, is intelligence. And when I ask people to define intelligence, everyone has a different definition. So it's like we draw upon our own experiences to have those association of what intelligence is all about. And that's a really good point you make because the social and emotional intelligence is, is what really I find keeps that you know, interpersonal relations going, the connection, the attraction, you know, it's not so much what you know, it's again, how someone feels when they're with you. So that is a really good point. Okay. The second thing that I hear, and it actually is kind of along those lines is, well, it's not me. What is wrong with all these men? You know, I'm looking for a confident alpha male who won't get intimidated by me. You know, men never ask me out, you know, where, you know, they've lost their balls kind of thing. I hear that a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of a dilemma. <laughs> um, so? Let's see. I'll, I'll put this in terms of uh, a math problem. Okay, easy. good. Let's just say the women that we're talking about, my clients, your clients, mm -hmm. are in the 95th percentile. Okay. Of everything, right? You just, you just put, put, you know, map out the chart of all women out there, and these women are superstars. Right. Okay, wait, so, Evan, yeah. you may need to help me because I'm really bad at math. That's not my intelligence. Okay. <laughs> I'm just full disclosure. Okay, okay. go on. You, I, I promise you'll be able to follow this one. Okay, cool. So if, and and understand, men and women work different because if Rupert Murdoch said, I can only marry other billionaires, <laughs> yeah. he'd, he'd be kind of screwed. So right. Right, that's, he just needs a blonde who's 30 years younger than him. So men and women, whether we like to admit it, are different. And it, 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 what we value is different. But if we are talking about the kind of women you and I are talking about, she's mm -hmm. generally going to say, I'm in the 95th percentile, which means I can't date anyone in the 95th percent below me. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Okay. I can only date above me. Now, again, we could debate about what that means. My mm -hmm. wife is not below me in any way, shape, or form. I don't think any woman listening to this would think that that would think that my wife is below me or that I should think my life, wife is below me, but I'm the one who has the fancier education. I'm the one who has the, the, the bigger job and the money. She's not below me. So I don't know why men are below women, but this is a belief. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm a great catch. I'm not going to date beneath me. So that leaves me 5% of men to choose from. Great. Your dating pool is now 5%. We haven't talked about kindness or consistency or communication mm -hmm. or commitment or character. We've just talked about his outside credentials. Tall, educated, rich, smart, hot. Okay. 5% above. So that's your dating pool. Problem exists when you realize, as we're talking about in this, half of those guys don't want to date you because you're like them. He doesn't want to date himself. So we don't really factor that in, but among the guys who you want to date, half of them don't want to date you. And you'll say, oh, he, he, just, he's, he wants a, a woman who's dumb. No, he's willing to date a first grade teacher if she's really nice to him. 
Right, right. And she and she's pleasant and she's she's cute and she's warm. She's and kind. She, and when he comes home from work, she's happy to see him and isn't constantly mm-hmm. criticizing him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean she's dumb. That woman could be a CEO and still treat him that way, which is That's why this right. is not about intelligence. This is yes. about health, about mm-hmm. a feeling. So right. in the five percent, half the guys don't want to date you. And the five the other half of the guys who do want to date you. They're the male versions of you. What happens when two smart, strong, successful, busy, independent people date? A little bit of conflict, a little bit of ego, a little bit of ambition. She travels all the time. He works really late. They don't make time for each other. They both want to get their way. They're better at talking than listening. It's all stereotypes, but you get the idea. So then we see, well, just how small the dating pool, the self-selecting dating pool becomes, don't we? so small. Oh my 95% gosh. of them are ruled out from the, from the start. He's not six feet tall. He doesn't have a master's degree. I make 200. He needs to make 201. So that really, we're already at you know, less than 1% of men. We haven't talked about any of their internal qualities that make them good partners. And we haven't factored in the fact that some of these guys aren't going to want you. And then when you get the guy who seems like he's great on paper, and look at the rest of your life to validate this, things don't always work just because he's great on paper. So that is why I have been in business for 16 years. Uh, <laughs> bam. Said by Evan Mark Katz himself. No, that is, that's a really interesting way of looking at it too. Um, and, you know, I'll just piggyback off of the things that you and I work on together. And that is what a lot of times women can't see of themselves. It's the way that they dress. It's the way that their body language is also communicating to the men. It's the, the, the lack of feminine communication. So, you know, I, I see that the women are so busy blaming the men that they don't see that there's actual things that they can do to be more approachable, to, to embrace their femininity. And that by embracing your femininity and sex appeal does not mean you're dumbing down. And this is where a lot of people, a lot of women get kind of, you know, stuck because they really think that it's the men and not seeing what things that they can do to actually broaden that pool that you're talking about, Evan. Like my hypothesis is, is that when you change your perspective, change your approach, that that openness can provide a way bigger pool than the way that they're going at it right now. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't know what you think about that. Um, oh, I mean, I think the hard part is it's, it's always easier to blame other people yeah. um, than to look in the mirror and take responsibility. Um, and it, we get into the black and white thinking. Um, it's not either or. It's both end. Yes, yep. there, there's, there, there's, most men suck. Let's start with that. Most men suck. Wouldn't want to date them. <laughs> 90% of guys <laughs> off, off the bat aren't worthy of being your husband. So there's, there is that. We're not going to deny that. It's all right. If our dating pool is 10% of men, how are we going to make good relationships with these guys? And if men stand to learn a lot, this is what I was talking about. Why I'm a coach for women. Mm -hmm. If we dissect men and talk about all the things that they do wrong in dating and relationships, we, we can go on all day. 
doesn't it stand to reason if we could dissect what men do wrong in relationships, we can do the same thing to women and, and yeah. make a couple couple changes for some marginal improvement that could you know uh, make a big difference in a one's life. A big difference. Yeah, yep. Na- naturally. naturally. And that's that's again, I think it's the nice thing about this work. Um, you know, your work is you know is, is visual. You could see the impact instantly. My work is a little more internal. Sorry, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, if you do this, here's what a confident woman would do here. Here's how she would handle this situation right, to, to uh, uh, maintain this relationship, to strengthen this relationship, to validate his perspective. Um, and what you have is men saying, I've never been in a relationship like this. It's never been this fun. It's never been this easy. easy. I, can't believe, like, I can't believe this is happening to me. And it's, it's, it's not brain surgery. It's, it is everybody kind of seems to understand <laughs> that uh, it's hard to find a person that you want to spend your life with. I think we tend to compromise on the wrong things and that's men and women alike. And that's why we hear about toxic narcissist asshole guys mm-hmm. and hot and crazy women. Yes. Because everybody's exactly. so driv- driven by their attraction that they think, oh, that's the pool of people. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's the definition of insanity. You're just going for, for a certain kind of person and then you're perpetually surprised that that person turns out to be the same as the last person. Right. They've um, created their own reality. Like it's yeah. true that that's all that they're seeing. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And, 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 and people just don't open up. And when I say people don't open up, the immediate reaction, of course, is, oh, this guy's telling me to settle. Right. He must right. be telling me. He must be telling me. So I, uh, he's, he's, he's telling me uh, not to, you know, I, I shouldn't have chemistry. I'm never going to have good sex in my life. And people tell themselves these stories. And, and I've mm-hmm. never, I've been doing this forever. I've never said anything like that. Um, there are things that are prerequisites for long term relationships. Chemistry is one of them. Uh, good sex is another. Uh, I think the, the issue we have here is, again, with a very specific word, which we would call chemistry and attraction. Just because it's a prerequisite for a relationship, you can have a, 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 an amazing relationship, and it's certainly what I preach, with seven chemistry and 10 compatibility. The problem is people are chasing 10 chemistry and then suffering through four compatibility relationships mm. and thinking, well, that's all there is because I'm always going for 10 chemistry. So people, people just uh, need to learn to compromise on different things. Yes, you can compromise on whether he makes more money than you, but you can't compromise on communication, can't compromise on uh, commitment, can't compromise on character. So people here, you know, people are settling. They're settling to be with jerks, selfish jerks perpetually who aren't incapable of being good husbands, but they don't think they're settling because he's cute or he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> well, the chemistry takes over sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, so that, then we see, then we see yeah. critical thinking. So yes. I, if anything, you know, I, I joke about being a reality-based dating coach. Like everything I'm describing, you, you understand, everybody here can understand, very plain terminology. There are trade-offs to everything in life. There's trade-offs to where you work, there's trade-offs to, to your home, trade-offs with your friends and family. The one thing we think we should not have to make any trade-offs on is our spouse. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it's just not true. I want to go. I want to. There's so many more things that I hear, but I want to do one more before we close sure. out. I'm, I'm sorry, I get keep 
I know. I like you and I seriously could go on and on for like a two-hour podcast, and so I'll just have to have you back on. That's all. Um, okay. So the other thing that we have to talk about it is that I hear them saying, "I hate the game playing. Why can't we just kind of get to the good stuff, the relationship? Why am I pretending to be something I'm not? I hate flirting. I don't want men to look at me like a sexual object. That oh, kind boy. of thing." Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned a couple of things in there. Let's right. let's, dis- let's dispense of, with one really quickly. Yes. Most people aren't playing games. It gives people too much credit. That's like saying that like, Trump. You. That's like Trump has a strategy. <laughs> All right. There's, there's no game playing. Um, not no game playing. That's an that's an overstatement. What you see when guys run hot and cold when they text and then don't text and they call mm-hmm. and they don't call and they see you and they don't see you. That is completely reflective of their state of mind. They don't know if they like you. They don't know what they want. They know they have a bunch of options and it's all really confusing. So you're just seeing that in real time. He's not trying to jerk you around. He literally doesn't know which of the 16 women on Tinder he wants to meet on Saturday night. Yes. Wait, can I say something about that before you move on? Before I forget this is that because we think, meaning women, since I am one, we think you think like us and see from the other standpoint, we think in story. We're, we are a hundred percent ahead of you every single time in our heads because we're thinking of the storybook, the marriage, the boyfriend. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like we, we already have the story in our head. And I, and I was having a conversation with my client the other day. I said, men don't think like that when they first meet you, they just want to say, Hey, do I like this person? She's cool. Maybe I can see her again. Like, you know, it's almost like simplifying it because we complicate it a lot. And so, yeah, I do see the big rub there. No, I mean, and I think that's, I'm, I'm literally teaching, this is crazy. I'm teaching this to my eight-year-old daughter who got, oh, interested, really? in, got interested in sex this week. So we had the conversation oh a few years be- before I was ready. It's so and young. I, and, I, and I have to start, and well, again, this is my wheelhouse. I didn't mind. It was just, it was a lot. And I'm trying to explain things to my eight-year-old that I explain to 60-year-old women routinely. <laughs> How I, did that work? Well, she's more of a blank slate. So, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot to take. Like, you know, mm-hmm. why do boys want to see girls naked? That's what, you, that was what you wanted to know. Why do boys? Oh. Right? Like that's, that starts at six, oh. right? Boys peeking in on her when, when she's changing and like, like you know, making jokes in the playground. I mean, it's it. We could we could talk about it forever, but yeah, you're not going to shame little boys out of being curious about sex. Never going to shame men out of being driven by sex. So it's a core tenet of love you, and it's some, a, t- a term that my wife coined. Men look for sex and find love. Mm-hmm. Right. In the pursuit of sex, they decide that they like you platonically. He has yeah. no idea if he likes you as a person after a, mm-hmm. a, a couple of text exchanges or even after a first date. So the idea that guys, you know, that, that, that guys are bad for being the way they are, right, and that they should be scorned and shamed for wanting to get laid, you're not obliged to, 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 get, to give a guy what he wants, but you can make the chase fun, which makes him want to come back for more. And that's the kind of thing that would teach and love you is that yes. flirting to, to bring it back to what you're talking about is a good thing. Yes, if you, it is. If, if you, if you, if you can't flirt with a guy, then you're dealing with him on a purely intellectual level. You might as well be his business partner, his neighbor or his sister. That's right. That's right. I tell women all the time, you know, you're not, you're not 
like on a dating website to attract a business partner. You can go to LinkedIn for that, right? Like this is hopefully someone you can have sex with, correct? Because <laughs> the thing is, is that women want that too, but sometimes like saying that out loud or, or, or leading with that somehow feels bad, you know, in a lot of women's minds. So because, we all a want lot the Because a lot of guys are, are awful about it, right? So, right. so you know, you and I will say, hey, you've got to differentiate yourself from everybody online. Wear something that shows your figure. And she's like, oh no, but then I'm going to get all the wrong kind of attention. And, and she'll show you a bunch yes. of you know, disgusting tags. We're like, okay, so that guy's not your husband. Delete, block. Like, That's right. Don't hide, <laughs> don't hide what, what is a, I mean, and, uh, sorry, tangent. There's an old OkCupid study that talks about the, um, the cohort, the demographic cohort that benefits mm -hmm from cleavage in, in online dating photos. You know what that oh, really? You know what that demographic cohort is? What? Women over 50. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love right? it. Because yeah. because often start they start to not feel as good about their bodies, desexualize themselves. Yes. Posit themselves as mothers and grandmothers and right? And the the 58-year-old guy still wants to get laid. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Right. And get married, not one or the other. So if you could showcase in a photo that you're still flirty and sexual, drop one line in your online dating profile, right? That indicates that this is a piece of who you are, not all of who you are. That's yeah. Right. Some guys are going to take that inch and, and, and make a big deal about it and say something disgusting. Again, they're irrelevant. But there's a whole bunch of guys, and again, I count myself among them. My first book uh, that I mentioned earlier, I said something about how women shouldn't put the wrong kind of pictures up this 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, that would mean, I said, you don't want to attract the wrong kind of guys. Then I realized, oh, that means me. It would attract guys like me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> guys who do right. look at skin. Yes, yes. And boobs. Right. And I'm like, that, that, you know, it doesn't mean we're not interested in your profile. And that's why, again, I think we're, we're you and I are complementary fits. Yeah. I write, you know, I've written more online dating profiles than anybody on the planet. And they're, you know, you read an, an ECERN online dating profile, your, 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 your head's going to explode. It's so good. I've never had a client not get some email from some guy and say, this is the best profile I've ever read. But no one's going to read that profile if they're, if they're not grabbing onto your photo first. So image is everything. I, I, I know that sort of stands for itself, but I was expecting some sort of reaction from you, Kim. <laughs> Sounds like your internet's not working. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Ah, uh, well, at least we're at the end. Oh God. Well, if Evan asks that or says that one more time, we react to that. I think we'll be good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Say that one more time. Cause I did react. You didn't hear me. No, Sorry. Right. Okay. Okay. Not, not a big deal. I don't know exactly my, my entry point to repeating. Myself. Anna, what did you hear last? Oh, sorry. I missed it. I'm like, I missed it now. I'm like, I was talking to I'm, you. I'm flattered, I'm sure. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, let's... Are, you, are you not entertained? <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be, I swear. I'm writing notes too, but I dismissed that like last section because then... It, uh, it, it, it's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not terribly worried, but I, I was just talking about how... Uh, that we were complimentary and that he writes a really good profile. And, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could, I, could, I could repeat it. I just don't yeah. know where to jump in. Repeat it there and then we'll figure it out in the editing. Right. We'll do. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing with our work. I mean, it's, it's inherently complimentary. Um, you know, you, 
dress people and bring out a side of them and uh, that's uh, attractive and it's going to be really effective in capturing the attentions of men and me and my company uh, write online dating profiles at Eddie Cyrano that are that you know also speak directly to what men want mm -hmm. and for all I'm proud of my work and the thousands of profiles that Eddie Cyrano has churned out over the years at the end of the day you can have the world's greatest profile but if no one's looking at your photo if they're not attracted to that image, when they're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through all that competition, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, else, exactly. Because your exactly. profile is terrible. He can't say anything else. And by the way, this is exactly no different than offline as well. So the first impression is what like allows you to actually get to know somebody. You know, people say to me all the time, well, I don't want to change who I am. Like, this isn't about changing who you are. It's about marketing yourself in a way so that people get to know who you are. Exactly. And, you, you go to a right? job interview, you're not going to wear, you know, t-shirt and jeans and you're, you're not going to hand them a resume that was written on a, on a napkin. <laughs> exactly. And so I think that, you know, captures everything that we're talking about. It's not just the intellect. It's not just what you're wearing. It's not just your emotion. It, it, it's not black and white, like you said. It's, it's all encompassing. And when you kind of tweak these areas, and I just want to highlight some of the juicy nuggets that we kind of went through as we were going through the questions, like, you know, being more flexible, receiving more, you know, creating more balance in the way that, you know, you're going at things, Com effective communication, openness, compromise, embracing your sex appeal and femininity. If you tweak some of these areas, you will, you will get a different result. And, and Evan and I have seen it time and time again. Well, Evan, this was amazing. And I know you and I could go on and on and on, but we must end. And so hopefully this is like foreshadowing to part two of our next one. Did you have any like parting words of wisdom and let people know how they can find you, of course? Uh, parting words of wisdom. Yes. Um, I, I guess, I guess I would want to part with something that's, you know, gentle and conciliatory. I and mean, it's really easy to uh, listen to, to people who give dating and relationship advice to women um, and are telling women things that they can do better and feel attacked uh, or as if we're somehow defending all the flaws of men. And none of that is true. Uh, I, I make a big distinction between um, advice that is destructive and, and, and constructive. Destructive mm -hmm. is intended to hurt you. Constructive, constructive is intended to help you. So anything you heard that might have pushed your buttons today um, was intended as constructive design to mm. still be yourself, just make the most of your opportunity uh, and what I talk about is, is not, it's not about right and wrong. It's about effective and ineffective. If what you're doing is working, by all means, keep doing it. And if it's not working, hopefully you can take something that you heard in today's podcast and bring it, uh, bring it into your real life. Um, for me, my name is Evan Mark Katz. My website is evanmarkkatz.com. I give away more free dating and relationship advice than anybody on the internet. And, uh, you give me your email address and, uh, uh enroll and love you and I will take care of you and make sure that uh, you get the love you deserve. Yes. And his blogs are amazing. Your writing's just incredible. So Evan, thank you for joining me today. Of course, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, 
as always, seltzerstyle.com. And if you want to learn how to stop achieving and start attracting love in your life, then hop on a free breakthrough call with me by signing up through my link in the show description, and I will help you map out a plan. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.